This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Downstairs, Kaminga working on hard. Waits for Clay. Clay circles right, fires away. Got another one! His eighth three of the night. 109 105. Clay with 30 points. It's time for Warriors Wrap Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game. Warriors Wrap Up starts now. Yes, it does. We got a vintage Clay Thompson performance tonight down in Los Angeles. His th- first 30 point game of the season. He was on fire from downtown, specifically in the third quarter. He finishes with 30 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 8 of 12 from downtown. Was really the main reason the Warriors were in this game in the second half. A big reason why they clawed back and got within one point in the second half. But ultimately, the Warriors fall just a little short once again on the road in Los Angeles. Your final score here as we get going on a Warriors wrap-up, 121-113, the Clippers over the Golden State Warriors. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you. I want to hear from you. Another frustrating loss for the Golden State Warriors. You can give me a call. 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line that I have open in front of me right now. And I'm keeping an eye on your chats on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash 957thegame. Moco, Jason, I see you along with a couple of others as well there on YouTube. Uh, On the Comcast Business text line, the 707, I see you, 408 as well. Uh, Join me here on Warriors Wrap-Up as we react to yet another Warriors loss. It wraps up the road trip uh, 0-3. The Warriors winless on this road trip. Uh, They lose in Oklahoma City in heartbreaking fashion. They lose in Phoenix. They also lose Draymond Green uh, for an indefinite amount of time in that one in Phoenix. And then they lose here tonight in Los Angeles against the Clippers. The second loss for the Warriors in in L.A. against the Clippers in the last two weeks. Uh, And it's just kind of becoming a, a similar, frustrating, familiar story for the Golden State Warriors. Although this one happened in a different way. Uh, the result is ultimately different. First of all, it begins with the Warriors going to an entirely different starting lineup. Uh, They start uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson as expected and as usual, Uh, but Brandon Pajemski gets a start along with Jonathan Kaminga, and then Kevon Looney moves back into the starting lineup. Andrew Wiggins moves to the bench, and of course you're without Draymond Green, who's suspended indefinitely. Um, And, you know... I mean, I think Jonathan Kaminga got into a nice rhythm. Brandon Pajemski's effort is always there, and that was the case here again tonight. He was really important in that run uh, in the fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors, but it wasn't quite enough. He struggled offensively. He struggled shooting the ball, but his energy and effort is always there. Um, But ultimately, despite the lineup change for the Golden State Warriors, it didn't really 
um, impact, positive impact in, in terms of the outcome for the Golden State Warriors. And I've said time and time again here on 95-7 the game, I'd argue more important than the starting lineup is who does Steve Kerr go to in crunch time? Who does he go to in important situations? And the closing lineup uh, for the Golden State Warriors was Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kevon Looney. Uh, so you went to CP3 over Brandon Pajemski. Uh, Moses Moody, despite some decent effort and, and some good moments here or there, he did not close. But once again, Andrew Wiggins not closing. And by the way, Steve Kerr talking to the media right now, he has already said that he will continue with this starting lineup at least for the next few games. Uh, Kerr has said post-game that Pajemski and Jonathan Kaminga will stay in the starting lineup moving forward, which means Andrew Wiggins will continue to come off the bench. Kerr says, quote, we'll give it a good look at least the next few games. It feels like a group that can really connect. And Steve Kerr also offered some optimism after another loss, the Warriors' third consecutive loss here uh, during their road trip, their seventh consecutive road loss overall. But he was encouraged. He said, I quote, I think we're going to make a run. Uh, so Steve Kerr encouraged Despite the fact that his team has now lost seven consecutive road games, they wrap up this road trip winless. Again, on Friday of last week at Oklahoma City, the heartbreaking overtime loss. Uh, you were up by three in the final seconds. You foul a three-point shooter. You ultimately lose in overtime. In Phoenix on Tuesday, two nights ago, Draymond Green ejected and later suspended. You lose that game by three points despite a furious rally late. And then here today on the road in Los Angeles against the Clippers, you lose again. You've now lost three consecutive games. You've lost four of your last five. You've lost seven straight road games. And again, after that really solid start for the Golden State Warriors when you were 5-1, and 5-1, and one, the Golden State Warriors... At the, at the moment now, the Warriors are 10 and 14. So 5 and 13 after starting 5 and 1 are the Golden State Warriors. Not very good. 5 and 13 since their 5 and 1 start are the Golden State Warriors. And this one kind of was a, a strange one, an interesting one, because in the first quarter or in the first half, it, it kind of felt like more of the same for the Golden State Warriors in the first half. Uh, you committed eight turnovers, um, and you were committing a ton of fouls, 15 first-half fouls. The Clippers, they were shooting 55%, but you also helped them out by putting them on the line 19 times. They were 17 of 19 from the line. James Harden did most of that damage, 9 of 9 from the line in the first half. And then things changed in the second half for the Golden State Warriors. You look at the second half for the Warriors, only three turnovers in the entire second half. They limited fouls, nine fouls in the second half. The Clippers only 11 free throw attempts in the second half, but it was the Warriors' offense that they just could not get going, specifically in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Warriors in the fourth quarter were 7 for 24 from the field and 1 of 12 from downtown. And this is coming off of a great third quarter for the Golden State Warriors, when they were putting the ball in the basket, they scored 37 points. Clay Thompson went nuclear in the third quarter with 16 points. 16 of his 30 came in the third quarter. 5 of 6 from the field, 4 of 5 from downtown in the third. And he was hitting crazy 3 after crazy 3. Um, but the Warriors weren't really able to make up much ground against the Clippers in that third quarter. Ultimately, they outscore the Clippers 37-30. to 30. 
in that third quarter, but the way they got there was really strange and kind of almost unlike Warrior runs that we've seen from the past. So, okay, let's let's rewind just a moment. But the Warriors at halftime were down 13 points. Down 13 points, 69 to 56 was the score at halftime. And then you get a vintage Clay Thompson heater of a quarter. 16 points, 5 of 6 from the field, 4 of 5 from downtown. You don't get much else from others, but you still put up 37 points as a team in the third quarter. Uh, and you're feeling like, all right, we erase that deficit entirely, right? Like past Warrior runs when you get that kind of Clay Thompson third quarter, uh, you're thinking like, oh, wow, suddenly you're ahead by seven and you're going to go into the fourth quarter and cruise through this one and win the game. But that's not what the case is with this Warriors team anymore. For as often as Clay Thompson was scoring, and he scored a lot in the third quarter, and the Warriors as a team did as well, the Clippers were getting everything they wanted everything they wanted in the third quarter and really for most of the game they put up 30 points uh, in the the third quarter they put up 40 in the second quarter they scored 70 points in the middle two quarters in this game here tonight Uh, and if it wasn't for kind of a wild final 30 seconds of the third quarter the Warriors would have only knocked off one point of that halftime deficit in the third quarter in a quarter where Clay scored 16 points so the Warriors were down 12. They were down 12 with like 35 seconds left in the third quarter. Moody just strips the ball away from Russell Westbrook, races down the floor, gets an and one, hits the free throw. So now it's a nine-point game, and you're thinking, all right, like just get a stop here, go into the fourth quarter only down nine. You'll be feeling at least somewhat a little bit better, more encouraged about your chances going into the fourth quarter. Well, then they get a stop. And with two and a half seconds left, the Warriors inbound the ball. Chris Paul smartly lets the ball roll all the way until about half court, where he eventually picks it up and then hits a fading deep right-wing three over Daniel Tice at the buzzer. And suddenly it's a six-point game at the end of the third quarter. The momentum's all on the Warriors' side, and you got to feel like the Warriors caught a break there. You were down 12, despite the best quarter of Klay Thompson's season. By far the best quarter of Clay's season. 16 points. He made four threes in that third quarter alone. But up until that final 30-second stretch where you get a steal, a bucket, a stop, and a three, you would only outscore the Clippers by one point. That's how bad the Warriors' defense was in the middle half of this game. Quarters two and three, the Warriors allowed 70 points in this game. 40 in quarter two, 30 in quarter three. And then the the script kind of flipped entirely in the fourth quarter, oddly enough. No one could score, including the Golden State Warriors. You go into that quarter down only six. uh, You got some great effort from Brandon Pajemski, offensive rebound after offensive rebound, leading to a moody and one. Chris Paul hits a mid-range jumper. You're within a point suddenly. You have all the momentum on your side. Meanwhile, all that happening while Klay Thompson and Stephen Curry are on the bench. And then those two come back in the game, and the Warriors cannot hit a shot. They cannot hit a shot once they got their stars, their studs back on the court. It was an ugly quarter offensively for the Golden State Warriors. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, 7 for 24 from the field, 1 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, It wasn't much better for the Clippers. It was really the only quarter the Warriors got consistent stops. The Clippers, 22 points. In the fourth quarter, they were 7-for-17 from the field. 1-of-5 from downtown. They were better, but not 
not a ton better than the Golden State Warriors uh, in the fourth quarter, yet the Warriors just could not get a stop. Steph court scored two points in the fourth quarter. Both of them were on free throws. He did not make a field goal, and something that the Clippers were doing was just putting Kawhi Leonard on Stephen Curry and making it very difficult on him. And not often does someone shut down Stephen Curry. He rarely goes over the field in a quarter, especially in the fourth quarter when oftentimes he's at his best. Uh, But Kawhi was doing a great job just not even letting him get the ball, face guarding him, denying him entirely. And even when Steph would get the ball, uh, he couldn't shake him. Kawhi Leonard is, is still an incredible defender as he's getting up there in age. Um, but he can still summon it, and he summoned it in the fourth quarter against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, and there was no one else that could really consistently score. Uh, I talked about Brandon Pajemski. I thought his effort was absolutely incredible in this game. You look at what he did for the Golden State Warriors today in this one, he had seven rebounds. Four of them were offensive. He had a couple assists. He had three steals. He had a block, uh, but two of 11 from the field. He has been better offensively at times throughout this season. That effort's always been there, and it's slump-proof. That effort, that energy, the rebounding, that's always going to be there, and he's always going to provide somewhat of a spark for the Golden State Warriors off the bench, which is immensely uh, important and valuable. But when your star offensive player, Stephen Curry, is being held in check by an elite defender, you need someone else to step up. And for as hot as Clay Thompson was in the third quarter, uh, the Warriors, they didn't necessarily go away from him, but he didn't get many shots up the rest of the game. Uh, in eight minutes of action in the fourth quarter, he attempted three shots. They were all threes. He made one. I think he made the first one that he attempted in that fourth quarter, kind of continuing his hot streak from the third, and then took a couple of heat checks uh, and missed them. Um, did not take another shot the rest of the way after that one. And there was a moment for the Golden State Warriors in that third quarter when Clay Thompson was absolutely on fire, the most locked in offensively we've seen. He was making some crazy shots, barely in his hand, his body not even squared up to the basket, would just catch and shoot, almost like he's not even looking at the rim. It would perfect straight through a swoosh. Didn't even matter. There could be a hand in his face, three hands in his face. He could be pushed off his spot. He could, you know, shove to the to the hip as he's jumping up into the air. He was making everything he was taking in that third quarter. And then the Warriors took him out uh, with 328 left in the third quarter after scoring 16 points in about the first seven minutes of the third quarter. Clay Thompson got subbed out of the game. And one of the questions I wanted to ask all of you is, do you think Steve Kerr should have left Clay Thompson in the game there? Let me know. 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And I'm keeping an eye on the YouTube chat here, 957 The Game's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash 957 The Game. Should Clay Thompson have stayed in the game? And, and I can understand what Clay's think or what Steve Kerr is thinking. That's kind of the normal rotation for Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, he gets a little bit of a break to close the third, to open the fourth, and then he plays the final eight or so minutes. And that's what happened tonight. But you finally, you finally got the Clay game that you wanted. He was the only reason you were even staying within striking distance in the third quarter. Because remember, despite the fact that he put up 16 points, you really were not digging into the deficit at all. 
with like 35 seconds left in the third quarter, you had only trimmed one point off of the halftime deficit. One point. One point. And when you get that kind of Clay Thompson game quarter in the past, normally it's like a it turns into a a 41 to 17 Warriors advantage in the quarter. And I think that's where this Warriors team is just markedly different and worse than past Warrior teams. And it's an incredibly high standard to hold this team to. But when you get a Steph crazy quarter or you get a Clay Thompson crazy quarter, um, it would sometimes, and honestly, a lot of the time, oftentimes it would kind of increase the defensive effort and the defensive energy and the team's ability to get stops consistently. So the Warriors would score 37 points in the third quarter when Klay Thompson goes off like they did tonight. But the difference is on the other end of the floor. And and part of that is there's no Draymond tonight, obviously, with his indefinite suspension. Um, But the Warriors just simply do not have the ability to summon that, to summon that greatness on both ends nearly as often as they have in the past. It's it's simple, and we've seen it with Stephen Curry. He had the crazy quarter against the Trailblazers and the Warriors' last win late last week, and the Warriors weren't really able to pull away from the relatively hapless Blazers. It's just the new reality for this team, at the very least at this moment. Again, Steve Kerr postgame tonight offering... Um, Positive thoughts. He he said he's encouraged. He said, quote, I think we're going to make a run. Now, to be fair, the Warriors do have a lot of home games coming up. They have a game at home against the Nets, then they go to Portland, and then after that, 10 of the next 11 are at home for the Golden State Warriors. So maybe Steve Kerr is confident that his team can get some home cooking going. Uh, and they're going to need to because suddenly they can't win on the road again. They were good on the road to begin the season. Now they've lost seven consecutive road games, and it's feeling a little bit like it was last year when this team won, what, only 11 road games all of last season? It's it's beginning to feel like that in terms of the road struggles. Uh, to answer my question, I see Macho Man on the YouTube chat. If you want to join in, youtube.com slash 957thegame. I asked... Should Clay Thompson have stayed in the game when he was on fire in that third quarter? Uh, Macho Man says no. Clay's legs would have ran out of gas. He needed to have a rest before the closeout. Macho Man, I agree with you. I think what you could argue is you ride Clay's torrid shooting until he cools off a little bit and you give him a little bit more rest in the fourth quarter. I would have thought about maybe playing him the entire third, seeing if you could catch another three, two more threes, a foul, a bucket down low. Maybe you could have gotten that in that third quarter, and then instead of bringing him in in the eight-minute mark of the fourth, you bring him in in the five-minute mark in the fourth. I don't know. Just a thought. I, I think that that was probably something that was running through Steve Kerr's mind in that moment. You finally got that Clay Thompson game you've been waiting for. Um, and and maybe you could have ridden it out just a little bit longer. Now, I am nitpicking. Clay did make a three in the fourth quarter after he came back in, missed his final two, um, but Clay was really the only one consistently making buckets in the second half, and maybe you could have gotten a couple more out of it there. There was also a moment, um, and I see uh, I see Swole, Swole Mole 
on the on the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash 957 the game echoing this same thing. There was a moment in that third quarter. I think Clay had just made three consecutive three-pointers. The Warriors were kind of feeling like the old Warriors again. It was refreshing in that third quarter. Seeing Clay Thompson go crazy. The bench was up and celebrating every time he touched the ball. They were almost anticipating him to make another three. And there was a moment where Clay Thompson actually made <laughs> I don't mean this in any negative way to Clay, but he made the right basketball decision. Despite the fact that he's on fire, he passed to a wide-open Stephen Curry in the right corner for a three. And Curry, as he should, took the shot. He's the best three-point shooter in NBA history. He missed it. And then Brandon Pajemski got the offensive rebound and eventually kicked it back out. And this time, Steph took a contested corner three when Clay was open on the right wing. That feels like a moment where Steph, while he is the best shooter this league, this world has ever seen, he's also very acutely aware of what's happening on the floor. And generally in those moments, uh, he would find Klay Thompson. And it, it kind of surprised me that he didn't in that moment. Uh, and the shot missed by Steph. And that was kind of the end of Clay's run. He would later uh, get subbed out. So I'm not sure, Swole Mole, on, on the YouTube chat, if that's what you're referencing, but I did pick up on that as well. It kind of surprised me because Steph is usually perfect in those kinds of moments. How many times would he pass up a decent shot to to feed a a hot Clay Thompson, whether or not he was wide open or not? Because when Clay gets in one of those zones, uh, he just goes crazy. And and he was he was in a zone like that in the third quarter. It didn't quite last as long as the Warriors needed it to because no one else was scoring offensively. Um, but he was in one of those zones in the third quarter. And at the very least, that is a positive for the Golden State Warriors. And I think it's a reason, not a reason, but it, it's, it's the reason from Steve Kerr's perspective why he has been adamant about sticking with the veterans, at least most of them. We know that he has moved off of Andrew Wiggins in the starting lineup, in the closing lineup, but you have to feel at least there's a decent chance that Clay Thompson is going to figure it out at some point. I mean, with the guys here, with, with Chris and Sterling across the glass, we were talking about it pregame because Chris O'Connell, who's furiously in, in the back right now cutting up Steve Kerr postgame that we might be able to hear a bit of coming up here in just a little bit, um, he was saying he wanted to see both Moses Moody and Brandon Pajemski in the starting lineup and move Clay to the bench. And I fired back a little bit at Chris. Love you, Chris. But I, I think there's a very real possibility that Clay Thompson figures this, this out and maybe doesn't ever become the Hall of Fame player that he has been throughout his career once again. Um, but he at least becomes a positive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Impact a positive influence on your team moving forward. And we saw at least maybe the start of that tonight for Clay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors. Now, it's nothing against Moses Moody and Brandon Pajemski. I mean, their energy and their effort well, was great tonight. Now, Brandon Pajemski, first of all, could not really score. He really struggled from the field. Two of 11, 0 of 3 from downtown. He scored just four points. Uh, Moses Moody, however, was four for six from the field, was really good at picking his spots. 11 points, five rebounds, had a steal. Um, Three, three rebound or five rebounds, two of them offensive, had an assist, one of three from downtown. His effort was also really good. I felt like the effort of Pajemski and Moses Moody uh, in that early fourth quarter was the only reason that the Clippers didn't push the lead to 15. Because the Warriors could not score, but it was the, the second efforts by Pajemski and Moses Moody that led to the Warriors' buckets in the fourth quarter, and there weren't many of them. Again, they only scored 20 points in that fourth quarter. And they wouldn't have they would have scored like 12 if it weren't for the effort of Pajemski and Moody on the glass. I mean, that was really the only reason the Warriors were in the game down the stretch. And ultimately, it was a loss, and ultimately they did not have enough, but it could have looked a whole lot worse. So it's nothing against Pajemski and, and Moody. And Pajemski, as Steve Kerr has said, is going to continue starting. Not for Clay, but for Wiggins moving forward for the Golden State Warriors. But if you are looking for a positive out of this game for the Golden State Warriors, it is that Clay Thompson scored 30 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 8 of 12 from downtown. Now, is this enough to give you confidence that he is back? Like, is this going to become consistent Clay once again? Is he going to get in one of his stretches where he shoots like 50% from three over? you know, a four-week stretch, you're probably hesitant to believe that. Um, that would probably be the wise decision, considering one game does not mean a ton moving forward. Um, but this is, at the very least, a step in the right direction, and it's got to make Clay feel a little bit better about himself. The other positive, if you're trying to find one for the Golden State Warriors tonight, um, is they took care of the ball. 11 turnovers in this game for the Golden State Warriors. 11. After they committed 8 in the first half, they only turned the ball over 3 times in the second half for the Golden State Warriors tonight. You will take 11 turnovers every single game. If the Warriors do that, they will win more often than they lose. 
They have not been able to do that very often this season. But if they do that consistently moving forward, they will win more games than they lose. Now, if you're looking for the flip side of that is, well, they took care of the ball, but they still lost. And we've been talking a lot about the turnover struggles. Like, last time I was with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7, the game was the 29 turnover night in Oklahoma City when you committed an NBA season high in turnovers. 29. You had no business losing that game despite committing 29 turnovers. So kind of the, the positive spin on that game is, well, we literally could not have turned the ball over more, and we should have won against a very good basketball team on the road. That tells you that you controlled almost every single other aspect of the game. So that's the positive spin on it. I know no one wants to hear it because you committed 29 turnovers, but that's the positive spin on that game. It's kind of flipped in this one because you took care of the ball. 11 turnovers in this game, only three in the second half. But you lost. So what's what's the magic solution for the Golden State Warriors? You turn the ball over and you lose. You take care of the ball and you lose. Where did they lose this game? Well, they lost this game shooting specifically from downtown. I mean, you look at some of the numbers for the Golden State Warriors in this one. Clay Thompson was 8 for 12 from downtown in this game. 8 for 12. Made two of every three that he took in this game. The rest of the Golden State Warriors were 8 for 33, about a quarter, a little less than a quarter of their threes attempted were made. Everyone not named Clay Thompson tonight. And that includes Stephen Curry. It was, simply put, just a bad shooting game for Steph Curry. And that happens sometimes. 5 of 17, 3 of 13 from downtown. He scored 17 points, had 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Kept the turnovers down. Only 1 for Steph Curry tonight. But a bad shooting game. Uh, you got decent amount of help from Jonathan Kaminga. He was 5 for 10. He made two three-pointers that kind of kept you alive at times in this game. Uh, he made a couple of threes in in rapid succession that kept you within striking distance. Uh, he had 15 points. He had five rebounds. He had an assist. Only one turnover. Had a steal. His activity was good. But there's also this thing where, with Jonathan Kaminga and really all the young guys where you see the flashes. You see the positives. You see all the good things. But oftentimes, for every step forward, there is a moment where it just leaves you shaking your head. Um, there was a moment in the first quarter, for example, and I'll just run through a couple of these that I jotted down throughout the game. There was a moment in the first quarter, Moses Moody, just an absolute lazy pass, trying to get it into the post, an easy Kawhi steal, and it turns into a dunk. And that's got to leave Steve Kerr on the sideline shaking his head. Uh, there was a moment where in the defensive half court, the Warriors setting up defensively. The Clippers bringing the ball up the court. It's Moses Moody guarding Norman Powell in the corner. And Powell, by the way, really hurt the Warriors tonight. No screen comes, nothing. Powell just cuts back door. Moody loses sight of him for a moment. Powell wide open on the block, gets the pass, an easy dunk. Moody just simply lost sight of his man in the half court. It turned into an easy dunk where the Clippers did not have to earn it. Uh, there was another play where... There was kind of an, an awkward dribble handoff situation between Kevon Looney and Stephen Curry. Steph comes off the screen to the top of the key, expects the, the ball from Looney, doesn't get it. it. It was covered up well. Pajemski's on the right wing and kind of begins to, to faint as if he's going to 
cut into the paint. He doesn't. He stays outside. Looney thought he was cutting. Looney passes it to where he thought Pajemski was going to be, and it's a turnover. That's not necessarily all on Pajemski, just kind of miscommunication between the two. Um, there was another one where Kaminga got the ball with like five seconds left on the shot clock. He got it at, at the free throw line. James Harden's on him, who's not the best defender by a mile in the NBA. In fact, most of his career, he's, he's been ridiculed for his effort on that end of the floor. Kaminga's back was to Harden. He was trying to, you know, back him down a little bit. Shot clock down to a couple of seconds. Kaminga's got to do something. He spins. Harden knows it's coming. He easily knocks the ball away, turns into a fast break bucket the other way. So all I'm saying is there's a lot of moments like this. And, and hell, there was even another one with Jonathan Kaminga just a couple of plays after that. It came right after he made a three, actually, by the way, to get the lead to just 10 in favor of the Clippers in the final couple of minutes of the second quarter. After that, he gets the ball in transition, races down the floor, um, and just runs right over a defender for an easy charge call. So I'm not trying to take away the positives from these young guys tonight, but but for every great moment, and there were a lot of them tonight, there are also a lot of moments where you say, oh, well, he's a rookie. He's a third-year guy who hasn't had a ton of run yet in the NBA. It happens. It's the nature of the beast. But I say all of that, all of that to say that I think those moments, those things are part of the reason, in fact, the main reason why Steve Kerr has been extremely hesitant to just hand over the reins. Because if he is to do that, one, you're going to get that a lot. You're going to get the the young player issues, the young player struggles, the turnovers, and all of that. Now, maybe you could argue, well, we're planning for the future now, if, if I'm the Golden State Warriors. Get those out of the way now. Let's deal with everything else later. Let's, let's improve our odds to win later by playing the young guys now. Okay, that's fair enough. But the Warriors are not planning for the future. They're trying to win right now. And it's not going well, clearly. But that is the thought. And that's why Steve Kerr has been hesitant to change things. And I think to Steve Kerr's credit, he has changed some. He hasn't changed others. He stuck with Clay Thompson. He stuck with his future Hall of Fame veteran. And Clay Thompson delivered tonight. Who knows if it'll keep up? Who knows if it'll continue? Who knows if this is kind of the the changing point, the turning point in the season for Clay Thompson? But if it is, one, credit Clay for sticking with it, for staying upbeat, for staying positive as, as much as he possibly can. But also, credit Steve Kerr for sticking with his struggling veteran. It has not been easy. Every time Clay or Steve Kerr has addressed the media, has spoken to the media, he's fielded at least a question about his at least one question about his struggling veterans. And to his credit, he has stuck to his guns, and for the most part, he has stuck with them. But today it didn't turn into a win. Um, I see others uh, on the YouTube chat. Diver, the problem is defense. Diver, I'm with you. The defense in the middle half of this game was very, very ugly. It was not good for the Golden State Warriors. Um, In the second quarter, they allowed 40 points. In the third, they allowed 30. 70 points between two quarters for the Golden State Warriors. Not good. Not good enough for Golden State moving forward. 
Uh, give me a call here on Warriors Wrap-Up, 888-957-9570. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ, FM, and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube. And again, I'm keeping an eye on both the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Uh, let's see, from the 510, some of the players on the team need to be fined for every three they miss. That might help them stop shooting bad threes. I'm not sure shot selection was terrible tonight, 5-1-0. I think it was just a case of, of the Warriors missing some. I thought Clay Thompson, oh, he took some really difficult ones, but when he's in one of those zones, you can understand it. He made eight of the 12 he attempted, so absolutely no issue there. Kaminga was 2 of 3 from downtown. Now, Steph was 3 of 13. It's it's rare that you feel like a Steph Curry three-point attempt was maybe a bad shot or forced. Um, I think he had a couple of those tonight, so so maybe you have a little bit of a point there, 5-1-0, but for the most part, I think this was just a team that missed some three-point shots. And frankly, if Stephen Curry struggles from the three-point line, this isn't a very good three-point shooting team. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. If Steph Curry is not shooting well from deep, um, this team, generally speaking, is going to struggle from the three-point line because they don't have a ton of consistent shooters from the outside. We'll see if, if things change moving forward, but I, I tend to agree that this this defense is more of an issue, and moving forward without Clay or without Draymond Green, that might be the the area that the Warriors need to rely on. Uh, and, and maybe it's going to be the issue point. Again, in quarter two, the Warriors allowed 40 points, and they allowed 30 more in the second, and there was... Just time after time after time where the Clippers would run pick and roll. And they just pick and rolled the Warriors to death. James Harden, the ball handler up top. And I, I think James Harden deserves a ton of kudos for his performance today. Uh, you look at Harden, 28 points, 15 assists, and he had 7 rebounds. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 5 of 6 from downtown, got to the line 12 times, made 11. But 28 points on 12 field goal attempts and 15 assists. And the go-to play for the Clippers was pretty simple, the pick and roll. James Harden, the ball handler, they'd bring up Zubats or whoever. Uh, Tice, the reserve big for the Clippers, would set the screen. Two players would stick with uh, would stick with James Harden, and he'd dump it off to Tice or, or to Zubats or whatever. He'd split the double team. He'd, he'd race down the middle part of the, of the, the court, the key, and he'd suddenly have four offensive players defended by three Warriors, and he had easy pickings the rest of the game. And it happened time and time again, specifically in the middle half of the game, and the Warriors just had no answer. They're getting beat at the point of attack, and I think what's maybe most concerning for the Warriors going forward is, obviously, Draymond Green would help defensively, but Draymond Green is not going to solve the Warriors' issues at the point of attack. They're getting beat at the top of the key, off the dribble. Whether it's Klay Thompson guarding someone, whether it's Stephen Curry guarding someone, whether it's Andrew Wiggins guarding someone, Brandon Pajemski, Chris Paul, the Warriors' options to guard ball handlers is not very good. And maybe that's another reason why Steve Kerr should maybe lean a little bit more on the youngsters because you think Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, probably have a better chance at limiting uh, issues at the point of attack. But it was really bad defensively tonight for the Golden State Warriors. 
It was ugly. It was ugly. And I think a worry for Golden State moving forward is without your defensive ace, your the quarterback of the defense in Draymond Green, again, out with an indefinite suspension, we don't really know how long it's going to be. I I would be surprised if it if it happens this month. Does seems unlikely. I would imagine at at the very earliest it would be January. We'll see. Only time will tell there. Um, how do the Warriors slow teams down without Draymond Green? Uh, that That's an issue for the Golden State Warriors moving forward for sure. Um, let's talk about the starting lineup and some of the changes for the Golden State Warriors in this one um, because there were some interesting changes for Golden State in this one, obviously. So again, they start a new lineup, and it's the Warriors' 10th different starting lineup of the season. The Warriors go with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Brandon Pajemski, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kevon Looney. And for what it's worth, Steve Kerr has said post-game that he is going to stick with that starting group. Um, and, I mean, I guess you can understand it. The The effort from Pajemski was incredible in this one. Um, maybe you could point to the, the under-control ball handling of Brandon Pajemski. He's... He's solid with the ball in his hand. Is that part of the reason why the Warriors were committing fewer turnovers tonight? I mean, Andrew Wiggins committed a career-high turnovers in that game against Oklahoma City. He had six in that game. Is the, the lineup change part of the reason why the Warriors were able to take care of the ball a little bit more? The offense wasn't great from the starting group, aside from Clay, um, but was there enough elsewhere uh, to make you feel like this is a, a potential solution. Steve Kerr was optimistic, and he said he's going to give this group a good look. Quote, a good look. He said at least the next few games for, again, that starting lineup, which includes Brandon Pajemski and Jonathan Kaminga. A lot of it hinges, of course, on Clay Thompson, and he was really good tonight. And Steve Kerr was asked about Clay Thompson's performance. Here's what he had to say post game tonight down in Los Angeles. Clay was incredible tonight, and it wasn't just the shot making. I mean, he made six, seven passes to Loon, diving, Dario popping. He shot the shots that he should shoot, and he passed when he should pass. He just looked like himself. Obviously, you know, he got got hot, and then he hit hit a couple just you know crazy shots. Um, but that's you know who he's been. Really, the key when you watch Clay is is he taking good shots and is he moving the ball when people are open? And that's what I saw all night long tonight. I thought he was phenomenal. That's a good point by Steve Kerr, and I agree with him. I mean, even during his his hot shooting streak, he was making the right basketball decisions time and time again. Uh, I think he had just made either two in a row or three in a row, and Looney came up to set a screen to try to free him up again as as the Clippers should do, they trapped Clay. They doubled him on the screen immediately. Forgot about Looney entirely because why wouldn't you? Clay Thompson is is on a heater, and Kevon Looney isn't that much of an offensive threat. Instead of trying a, a crazy step back or trying to get a shot off or dribbling around the double team, trying to split it, Clay Thompson made the right decision and passed to the cutting wide open Kevon Looney for an easy layup. Um, so I think even in addition to the shots falling, which is obviously a welcome sight for the Warriors, but even in addition to that, uh, I think there's room to be encouraged by Clay Thompson because he made the right 
basketball decisions more often than not, more often than he has throughout the season in this game. So that's a reason to be encouraged if you're the Warriors and Steve Kerr. And speaking of Clay Thompson, here's what he had to say after the game. Asked how he felt about his 30.8 pointer performance in Los Angeles. Just uh, realizing how lucky I am to play this game and take the bus to Staples Center. I mean, I went to high school down here, so we used to bus to Modern Day or St. John Bosco. So this was a different feeling, and that always brings me back to earth and makes me realize how lucky I am to still be playing the game I love. A reflective Clay Thompson. Not even talking about how it felt to just be out there on the floor, but the thoughts running through his mind when he's on the bus. He said Staples Center to Crypto.com Arena formerly known as Staples Center, and I think to many people will forever be known as Staples Center. Um, But just reflective and very grateful for even being in this position to still play the game of basketball that he loves. But to go back to the starting lineup change, which, again, featured Klay Thompson still, it was Klay Thompson, along with Stephen Curry, Brandon Pajemsi, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kevon Looney. Steve Kerr was asked after the game tonight, what prompted that change? Why did he make the change, any change, but specifically this change. Felt like we needed a, a shift. You know, I, I feel like uh, Brandon gives us the extra playmaker on the floor in the starting lineup. Obviously, he's a great rebounder, uh, competes, excellent defender. And then, um, you know, J.K. deserves the minutes. And with, with Draymond out, um, it's a perfect time for him to step in. And um, it feels like a group that can really connect. And then I like being able to bring Chris and Dario um, off the bench to really anchor that unit. And we got a deep team, you, you know, bringing Wiggs off the bench with Moses. I mean, that's... Um, these guys are damn good players, so I think we're deep, and I think we're going to make a little run here. I really believe that. And there's that that optimistic Steve Kerr there says, I think we're going to make a little run. I really believe that. Uh, well, they need to. Now you're 10-14, and 14 and you're digging yourself quite a big hole. I think one thing to keep an eye on for the Warriors, and I already touched on this in terms of Draymond's absence, is defensively, but you focus on that starting lineup. And again, just because that lineup is starting does not mean they're going to play a ton of minutes together. But with Steph Curry, Brandon Pajemski, Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kevon Looney, that is a small group. That is a small group. Now, despite the fact that the Warriors out-rebounded the Clippers tonight, Warriors 43 rebounds, the Clippers 40. And I guess you could argue Pajemski plays bigger than he actually is. I mean, he's kind of like a GP2 in that sense. He's a better ball handler and distributor, but he plays bigger than his size. I mean, he had seven rebounds, which was tied for the team lead for the Golden State Warriors. Looney also had seven. But with that five, and generally speaking, Looney checks out with like five minutes after five minutes played in the first quarter, and Dario Saric comes in, the Warriors are going to be challenged defensively. And we might get to a point where with that group, where you have Steph, Clay, and Pajemski on the floor, you might get to a point where opponents are going to run that unit off the court. Because the Warriors just might not be able to stick with that group and be able to defend on a possession-in, possession-out basis. That would be my biggest concern, and it's why I thought if there was a change to the Wiggins starting spot, and it might be, Moses Moody, it gives the Warriors a little bit more size, some some better defensive versatility, a little bit more strength down low. Moody provides a lot of the same hustle, effort, 
spark energy that Pajemski does. Obviously, it's in a little bit of a different way. Um, but I thought that might be the change the Warriors would go to if they were to take Wiggins out of the starting lineup. And by the way, Wiggins uh, wasn't his best game. He had nine points in 22 minutes off the bench, four of nine from the field. I felt he was a little more aggressive getting to the paint, um, but he's still just unable to make jumpers. 0 for 4 from downtown. He had just three rebounds. He committed five fouls. Uh, It wasn't his worst game of the season, that's for sure, but it wasn't really a sterling debut for him coming off of the bench. First game in his NBA career where he comes off the bench. First game in his NBA career as a reserve. Nine points in 22 minutes, 4 of 9 from the field, 0 of 4 from downtown. He didn't exactly inspire confidence that it's going to work out with him on the bench, but just one game, it's a small sample. Again, Steve Kerr said he wants to give this unit a real good look. Uh, You know, one game is not anything to draw any wild conclusions from. It it takes a little bit larger of a sample size to make sweeping evaluations and and decisions and if uh, this is something that's going to work going forward. Um, But the more that the struggles from Wiggins continue, and I think the more that the Warriors play three-guard lineups, particularly without Draymond Green, I think the more challenging it's going to be defensively. And you look at what's coming up for the Golden State Warriors on their schedule. you got Brooklyn at home, you go to Portland, then you have a nice home stretch. Boston, Washington, Portland again. You go to Denver on Christmas. Uh, Miami back at home. Dallas, Orlando, Denver, Detroit, Toronto, you have winnable games coming up, but you're going to have to take advantage of that group of games while you are at home, Uh, and likely you're going to be without Draymond Green for at least the majority of those games coming up. And remember what Mike Dunleavy said earlier today, before the game tonight, when asked if the Draymond suspension changes or if it impacts how they're going to make roster decisions moving forward. He essentially said, well, that's not going to impact anything. What's going to impact our roster decisions, kind of the larger picture roster decisions, um, is our play the next 10 to 15 games. And if I'm a Warrior fan, I'm a little bit worried that the defense is going to be an issue. If you are playing Steph, Clay, and Pajemski together moving forward, I, I think the Warriors are going to have a lot more quarters like the second quarter tonight where they allowed 40 points. That's just me. And I could be way off base. I could be way wrong, but I'm worried about the defense if I'm the Golden State Warriors. Unless you're going to get the Splash Brothers playing like the Prime Splash Brothers together, you're going to have a hard time winning those games if the defense is as I fear it might be. But we'll see for Golden State moving forward. All right, a few more minutes here on Warriors wrap-up on 95-7, the game. Uh, let's go back to Steve Kerr. Overall, his his view of this game tonight for Golden State. Uh, again, fewer turnovers for the Warriors. Only committed three in the entire second half. 11 in this entire game for the Warriors tonight. It took care of the ball. They were kind of foul-heavy in the first half, uh, but there was a lot of effort, energy, enthusiasm, kind of brought by the youngsters. And I thought I thought there was a moment, late third, early fourth, where Pajemsi kind of has his rebounding spree where he had like three offensive rebounds in like a two-possession span. It, I think it, it kind of encouraged everyone else. 
it got Moody going to the glass and getting an extra possession. There was even a moment where Wiggins fought with like Zubots down low for like five tips, and ultimately I think Wiggins might have tipped it out to a Warrior. I felt like there was almost an influx of energy and belief and fight brought simply by Brandon Pajemski. So I think there's, for Steve Kerr, there's plenty to be encouraged by in terms of that effort, but you just simply did not make enough shots down the stretch, and you could not stop the Clippers in the middle half of this game. But anyways, here's Steve Kerr after the game uh, about, overall, the, the team's effort tonight. I really liked our effort tonight. You know, this team's been through a lot of late. I liked the way they fought. I thought they really came together in the second half, played much better, defended without fouling, um, and took care of the ball and gave ourselves a chance. But, you know, weren't able to win, but I, I like what I'm seeing, and I think I think this team is going to get turn it around. More uh, encouragement from Steve Kerr. He likes what he's seeing, and he thinks the team is going to turn it around. Now, he's not going to say anything else publicly, he said the same things last year, for what it's worth. At time and time again, asked on this station, asked at Chase Center after games, asked on the road after games, does he still think, amid all the struggles last season, does he still think that this is a championship-caliber team? And, of course, the head coach of the basketball team is going to say yes. I mean, if he says no, what does that mean? He's going to say yes. But then if you remember, the moment the season ended for the Golden State Warriors after the Game 6 loss to the Lakers... Steve Kerr took to the podium and said, I never really felt like this was a championship team. So is he? does he believe that this year? Does he think that this is a team that can turn it around and can figure things out and start building towards the playoffs and a potential run? Who knows? But I think it's worth pointing out that he said these same things last year, and we all know how last year went. Um, but I think Steve Kerr is right when he talks about kind of the emotional toll of the last 48 hours. You lose a tight one in Phoenix. You lose Draymond Green and another on-court incident. He he's you know grabbed the, the neck of Rudy Gobert earlier, and now he, he flails around, and he says unintentionally connects with Yusuf Nurkic in the head and neck area. Uh, you deal with losing him. You deal with losing a close game. And then yesterday evening, uh, you find out that the NBA has suspended Draymond Green indefinitely. Um, I think there's reason to be encouraged that the Warriors responded emotionally in an okay way. And now I'm not in the business, and the Warriors shouldn't be either, of trying to find a, a moral victory, a reason to be happy for a loss. Um, but But I think Steve Kerr is fair and I think it's fair for Steve Kerr to feel at the very least a little bit encouraged that this wasn't uh, a game where the Warriors in the third quarter once they got down by what like 16 points they didn't you know pack it in and give up they fought back and a lot of it was because of Brandon Pajemski's effort obviously Clay's shooting helped but Pajemski's effort really turned the tide early in the fourth quarter and was the main reason why the Warriors got back within one point but on that Topic on dealing with the last 48 hours, Draymond Green's ejection, Draymond Green's suspension, another big game. The losses are piling up. There's questions about your future. There's questions about what the Warriors should do with the deadline. Is the dynasty over? All of that. You kind of got to just push it to the back burner 
and focus on this game ahead of you for the Golden State Warriors. And Clay Thompson was asked about that process, asked about what the last 48 hours have been for him and the team. Oh, it's tough because Draymond is a huge part of what we do and we're going to miss him dearly. And we know he's going to come back even better, a changed person. And I miss him just as a friend, as a brother. I uh, love him to death and I can't wait till he comes back. And obviously there's a big hole in our team right now, but we're going to do the best we can to withstand his absence and uh, keep playing our hardest. It's tough. I mean, just every time... It seems like maybe there's something in a positive direction. I mean, like Clay Thompson's 30-point game tonight, the Warriors are just dealing with something else off the court. Uh, and this one it was a result of something that happened on the court, the Draymond uh, ejection and now suspension, but there's just so much going on around the team right now. Uh, I, I think it makes it even more challenging to try to fight through it and try to get yourself, your game, Back on track. And speaking of the the Draymond uh, ejection, the Draymond absence, the suspension, the Warriors are now three and six in games where Draymond was inactive and or suspended. So games where he did not play a single second. But if you add in games where Draymond did not play, either inactive, like an injury or a personal reason, or suspended, but you also include the games in which he was ejected. So the games where he did not finish. The Warriors are now 3-9. and nine. So you could argue all you want that Draymond Green is a shell of his former self, and you might be right. He's certainly not as good defensively as he once was. He's having a fantastic season offensively. He's shooting the ball almost as good as he ever has, specifically from the three-point line. He's having a great season when he's available. Without him, the Warriors, in games where he does not play or misses a portion of the game due to ejection, the Warriors are 3-9. and nine. Three and nine without Draymond Green. And with him, when he plays and completes a game, the Warriors are seven and five. That's a pretty stark difference for the Golden State Warriors with and without Draymond Green. All right, almost done here on Warriors wrap up on 95 7 the game. Let's get to extending the three point line. And for this, we turn to the very end of quarter number three. 2.5 left in the quarter. Chris Paul will let it roll, let it roll, let it roll. He's going to pick it up right past half court. Dribbles to his right, fades and launches it up. It's good! Chris Paul, the fadeaway three at the buzzer. At Golden State, with a late flourish, has made it a two-possession game. Late flourish is right. That's uh, Tim Roy, of course, here on 95-7 the game. The Warriors were down 12 and only trimmed one point off of their uh, halftime deficit late in the third quarter. Then Moses Moody ripped the steal away from Russell Westbrook, finished an and-one. Warriors within nine at that moment. And then they get a stop. Chris Paul lets the ball roll up across half court, picks it up, and hits a fading, deep, buzzer-beating three over the top of Daniel Tice. And what was a 12-point deficit only moments ago is suddenly a six-point deficit. And the Warriors feel like they got the momentum, they got all the juice and the energy they need going into the fourth quarter. They would later cut the deficit to just one in the fourth quarter, thanks to Brandon Pajemski's effort, Moses Moody on the glass. It was a Chris Paul mid-range jumper that made it a one-point game. The Clippers would call timeout, and then the Warriors just really could not score the rest of the game. But at the moment, that Chris Paul three-pointer was huge, huge. And it felt like if the Warriors were going to win this game, that would be a moment that we would uh, think back on and point to as as one of the main reasons. And that is 
Extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. All right, uh, one final business piece of business to attend to here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game, uh, and it's our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. All right, tonight's, hard, tonight's hardest worker of the game. I'm tempted to go Brandon Pajemski because of his effort off the glass, and he was one of the main reasons why the Warriors were in the game in the fourth quarter, but it would feel wrong choosing anyone but Clay Thompson tonight. Uh, his best game of the season, 30 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 8 of 12 from downtown. He was on fire in the third quarter, scored 16 of his 30 in that third quarter. Also was a very good passer, willing passer of the ball tonight. Five assists, uh, which was tied for a team high for the Golden State Warriors tonight. You heard Steve Kerr talk about Clay Thompson uh, and how well he passed the ball and, and made the right decisions. Uh, Clay Thompson was very good tonight. Again, 30 points, his first 30-point game of the season, 9 of 15 from the field, and 8 of 12 from downtown. He was the only warrior upwards of upwards of 20. No one else got in the 20. Steph Curry, 17. Jonathan Kaminga, 15. Chris Paul, 12 off the bench. And Trace, or pardon me, and Moses Moody had 11 points as well for the Golden State Warriors. So Clay Thompson is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, again, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. All right, that'll do it for Warriors wrap-up here on this Thursday evening on 95.7 The Game. The Warriors fall to the Clippers in Los Angeles. Final score, 121-113. The Warriors now 10-14. They lose all three games on this road trip. They've lost seven consecutive games on the road, and they return home to take on the Brooklyn Nets Saturday the 16th, so two days from now at 5.30. Coverage begins at 4.30 here on 95.7 The Game, and then the Warriors have a doubleheader in Portland on Sunday, and we'll have a, a lot of local coverage for you coming up on Sunday with the Niners game and then the Warriors in Portland. We got a uh, weekend doubleheader to look forward to, a weekend back-to-back for the Golden State Warriors on Saturday and Sunday. All right, for everyone here at 95.7 The Game, Chris O'Connell, Sterling Bennett across the glass. My name is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks to all of you for tuning in all night long. One more time, the Warriors fall to the Clippers 121-113. to Thanks for listening to Warriors Wrap-Up right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 